Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back at 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. With Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, the entire crew at Outkick making it happen. Big show planned today. John McLean of the Houston Chronicle each and every Tuesday. He joins us at 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern. Looking forward to that chat and a lot to get to across the sports world. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you both, to everyone watching, to everyone listening. Excited uh, to be here, excited to talk a lot of uh, football throughout the show, uh, and excited to also point out that today is the start of college basketball season, which is something I'm definitely not prepared for, Yeah, nor do uh, I, uh, nor am I really that into it right now. Let's get on to, off the gridiron and on to the hardwood. <laughs> Just wanted to point that out to everyone out there. It starts way too early. It's always nice to... And the NBA has uh, been going on for a month. Yes. And it took uh, uh, Joker, you know, leveling someone from behind for and getting a suspension for us to even notice that yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. There's NBA and AHL uh, during football. We've talked about this. And then after football. Two and then seasons. their seasons begin. <laughs> and uh, co- college basketball is uh, like that to a degree as well. It's always nice to start off a show opening talking about. NFL officiating oh. instead of the game. And last, How about night, last night, they just set the world ablaze with the taunting call, which was so ridiculous. And then this little hip check. I don't know if you guys remember Reggie Jackson in the World Series. Was it 77 or 78 where he did that little swivel and and hit a ball being thrown from uh, from first to second or second to first and ping the ball. And the, the umpires basically threw up their hands and said, we have no idea what to do with this. And last night, the official initiates contact with the player, but it, it had no bearing on anything because he was already reaching for the flag in his pocket because a guy dared to look at the sideline. And look, they can have their taunting rule if they want it, but they can't have this enforcement. And there's nobody outside of the competition committee and ownership and the NFL league offices who wants this. They're... They've got a great product. Hutton, you've pointed it out, and it's continued. Even when bad teams are in these primetime games this year, they are lucking out and getting these close games. But with three minutes and change left, they tilted what the result of this game with this call when there was going to be a punt, and instead there's a first down because a guy nobody's ever heard of, Cassius Marsh, just called up from the practice squad, I believe, made a play and looked, didn't gesture. We don't know what he said, but how bad could something he said from that far away have been, quote-unquote, taunted? It's a ridiculous call, and all of America agrees. Now, I've got a very different take on this. Um, You can't make that call. I, I understand that. You cannot 
possibly ruin the game. Not ruin it, but you're you're flipping the game after that where the Bears had a chance, and they still had a chance. I get that. But it's a pivotal call at that point in the game. I also can't have my practice squad linebacker making that play and not running off the field. No, turn and run. I mean, he... He did some sort of kicking exercise oh, to excellent. celebrate. Spinning hill kick spinning, celebration was Spinning awesome. hill kick. I thought that's what they flagged him for, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's what I thought it was, too. Now, his teammate was smart in that he did the same thing. I don't know if they talked about that in advance. I thought that was clearly Cover. to say, Cover. this is a, I'm yeah, covering, I'm covering him. him. This is what we do yeah. as a team, so it's not one person taunting. Yeah, but you can do and that. And he did a quick You can do that as long as he's not, doing not doing that directed at the other team. Right. So Directed at the officials now. But it was also, you know, well, Tony Corrente needs to be penalized as well. A big point Absolutely. of, yeah, he hip checked the guy. But again, let's go to the let's go to the start of all this. I think both these things can be true. It's ridiculous to call that penalty. It's ridiculous for a fully grown, older adult male to hip check a player in that moment and then throw the flag. It's also ridiculous for Cassius Marsh to make this one play that's that pivotal and to do that was funny, fine. But then to turn and walk, it wasn't. It was nine steps towards the sideline. He's looking at the punter. He does say something. I don't know what it was. Do I think it should have been flagged? No. If I'm his coach, am I telling him, do not put yourself in that damn position again? That's, yes. He wasn't flagged for talking to the punter. He was flagged for, for hitting Tony Corrente. This, oh, Tony I think he was flagged for the bench. Absolutely not. Tony Corrente is holding the flag in his pocket Waiting on contact. That and is not, as, look, wait as, as soon as contact is made, the flag is thrown. That is not what Tony Corrente said to the pool reporter well, after the game. Well, he straight up lied to the pool reporter. No, I, don't, he said, I don't think he it was said it, He said it was, he was already gearing up to get it, and then he happened to bump into him. That had nothing to do he with it. He just happened to hip-check the guy on he the way said by. It was, he said it was Got all it. about the, uh, the, him it. going to the sideline. I think line. it was yeah, for Tony Corrente's a liar. I think he's a liar, too, but I think it was for the staring at the bench, and it was in process of happening already. Cassius Morris is playing against one of his former teams, and I realize he's played for about 12 of them. Um, and he played for three teams last year. The Titans saw him a couple times. He played for the Colts, played for the Jags, uh, played for Seattle. He's played for Seattle twice. Um, he's now with the Bears. He was with tra- he was in training camp, and at the end of last year, he was with the Steelers. Very popular. Um, well, he's a guy that is a headhunter. He'll go out in, in a, no regard for his own well-being. I mean, that's what you want in a, a linebacker that's going to go around to uh, 48-man rosters. He's active for a reason. He puts his body in harm's way on special teams. And here he is making a huge play. And Tony Corrente hip checks him on the way by and throws the flag after the contact with the official. Here's what Tony Corrente said. This is directly to the pool reporter. First of all, keep in mind that taunting is a point of emphasis this year. And with that said, I saw the player, after he made a big play, run towards the bench area of the Pittsburgh Steelers in posture in such a way that I felt he was taunting them. He was then asked, did your call have anything to do with the contact that you and Marsh made after the play? He says that had nothing to do with it. It was the taunting aspect of the play. He has to say that because he initiated the contact with the player. That, that doesn't make it so, but I I think it was already in process after. I think he, I think this is what I, I believe, and I think that he's admitting to it right here. I think he was pissed off seeing that guy do it. I don't know if uh, a guy that looks like Cassius Marsh dates his daughter or what, but he had a problem with everything he did, starting with the heel kick, starting with the walkover. He was geared up, loaded, to give him the penalty, and he saw him walking back and didn't like it, probably being a very old-school guy. He hip-checked him, which he should be penalized for, 
and find yeah, or something if we're also. Judge intent, and let's then he judge threw it. That. Oh yeah, it was Bobby Knight like uh, behavior, kind of. I think both that. are wrong. I mean, I, I, look, I, I, I think both players. I think the ref looks dumb here. Shouldn't have called it. Certainly shouldn't have made contact with the player. Which I agree, he made contact with the player intentionally. I also don't think that Cassius Marsh, a guy called up from the practice squad, or anyone should even put themselves in that situation where that flag could happen. I've seen seen more egregious taunting calls this year also than that. That's not the worst one I've seen. I think it involves proximity to some degree. The thing is here, it screws up the game. Pittsburgh was punting there. The guy made a play, and it forced a punt. It gives him 15 yards and a first down. And, and it slants the game. It had too much impact on the game. Too much. Well, but uh, Chicago gets the ball back and goes and scores. Right. But- and and then, then you have your veterans. Let, let's set aside Cassius Marsh for a moment. Robert Quinn can't line up onside. Yeah, terrible. I mean, it, that's the most egregious error. Not, not that Cassius Marsh is doing a spinning heel kick in a sack celebration uh, or that, that he, you know, he's running off the field and Tony Corrente hip checks him and throws a flag after the contact's made with the official. Uh, aside from that, Robert Quinn can't line up outside of the neutral zone. I, I, I'm surprised. I, I, see, to me, Robert Quinn and the whole league have been that's conditioned after, that you could line up there anytime you want because well, that never gets called. Well, it was called, and it was called again on the very next snap. Yeah, the second time is Back ridiculous. Up a half yard. If they're calling it for the first time ever, that you was, can't be the second guy. That, that was the most egregious them. error because that kept the offense on the field and allowed them to get in field goal, field goal range for the win. The whole thing, though, turns into a bleep show because of the officials. I I also think there is a difference between... Both can affect your team the same way, but there's a difference between lining up offsides while playing the football game. And I'm not not some curmudgeon who's all for no fun. I love the spinning heel kick celebration and then run to the sideline. There's nothing wrong with that. He wasn't flagged for that. I know. I I know he wasn't. You keep referencing the spinning heel kick. That's what I said. I love the spinning heel kick. He got flagged for walking to the sideline. I'm going by Tony Corinthians. I don't Corinthi's believe word. him. I don't believe Tony I don't. Corinthi. Okay, I, that's fine. I believe him because he's staring at the guy the whole time. He's got his hand on the flag. He's so mad at him, he lift, puts his hip out to hit him and then flags him. Right. He didn't flag him for the hip check. He did the hip check. Both are wrong. He flagged him for making contact with him. No, he's the one who made contact Paul, with him. your thoughts. I... I think he was flagging him for looking at the sideline. Yes, he's got the he's got it right for there loaded up. For looking at the sideline. Yeah, ridiculous as that is. That's what he said. I it's the that, so, and so and NFL's me, me estimation right. the, the as NFL media right now, and we're a part of this. We are going to call Aaron Rodgers a liar. We are going to call Mac Jones a fraud and uh, intent to injure and break an ankle. But we're going to read into that. But we're not going to say that Tony Corrente's at fault here. Oh, he's at fault. He called I don't know, the, I I don't know where the, your ears are not hearing what I'm his saying. His interpretation I'm of saying the penalty Tony Corinthians at fault. I'm saying both are at fault. I'm completely agreeing with you. Listen to this. I'm completely agreeing. It was Tony Corinthians' hip that he put out and hit him. He should be penalized. He was not asked about him making contact. He was asked if the contact between the two was the reason for the penalty. I'm telling you, if he was asked and said, did you do that? And he said, no, he's lying. I don't think he's lying about wanting to flag him for the taunting. He's staring at, at him the whole time, that, ready to do something. It's I, almost I'm, like a cop holding his gun. He's ready to go, and then he's getting mad, and then he hip checks him, 
and throws the flag also. Well, I think he did it for side, the taunting. So if he did it for the for the non-taunting taunting, right. that's that to me that's even more egregious. I, I agree. It is more egregious and he, he did the, it. The, I, NFL, I the NFL reason. is going to be so upset with Tony Corrente, they're going to assign him to the Saints Titans game this week. Well, they already have Bolger. Okay. Which is worse. I, I, look, this is I, I don't know how this became me saying Tony Corinthi did everything right on this deal. He did not. Well, well, I, my point but is both, Cassius Marsh did nothing wrong. That's my point. He, he did, did nothing wrong. He did wrong. nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He's he an innocent victim. He's an innocent victim here, and this taunting rule uh, needs I, to be modified. Mark Maskey of the Washington Post says there was no call today amongst competition committee and people with this. There's no act by the NFL out of what happened last night to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tap the brakes. We need to have right. a, a meeting here. This thing's gotten out of control. That's the tipping point. Anything like that. Everything that America thinks should be happening right now, based on what happened last night, is not happening. Because the uh, league is tone deaf to everything America is saying right now and not having any reaction. Everything's fine. There's nothing to see here. I, I have seen far more egregious taunting flags called that I totally disagree with. And I disagree, especially in this moment, throwing the taunting flag. Cassius Marsh could have done a better job of doing the spinning heel kick and walking off the field. He did not need to put himself oh, in that position. That he doesn't need that. to walk nine steps over and say something to the punter as he's but running still, past it's him. Not, it should it's not, not have been flagged. Flag I'm totally not with close you guys. To flag should not have been flagged, especially in that instance. But what you're but saying... But if I'm, I'm trying to look at this through the coach's perspective... Right. And if I'm the coach's perspective, especially some guy just called up from the practice squad, I'm saying, look, man, don't go anywhere great near play. That. Run off the field. But what, Our offense is about to get the ball back. Don't put yourself in that spot. We're putting it now in such a bubble that you have to tell your players, I need you to stay so far away from anything that could be conceivably judged taunting that I need it to be foremost in your mind after you make a play. Okay, I made this play. Now I need to not taunt. That's the first thing that needs to come in my head at a crucial moment. I just think that there's a difference between getting up, excited, jumping up and down, going to your teammates, even making some sort of gesture, you know, one time towards the end zone or to fans or whatever, as opposed to a slow, steady march towards the sideline well, again, like and the, then turning around. It's not worth this giving them a 15 have been a flag. This should is not, not a, a Cassius Marsh issue. This is a National Football League problem because Jalen Ramsey stayed in the football game after two taunting calls because the ref wanted to make up some rule on the where spot. they on the spot to keep him in the game. But Cassius Mars can't stare at his former team on the sideline after making a, a play and then on the way back across the field, Tony Corrente hip checks him and gets a flag thrown after the contact is made. It's got to be about nothing the football. Wrong, and we'll never know. What kind of discipline Tony Corrente uh, I gets? Unless disagree. he's reassigned, and we don't. I, we're gonna have I, to I agree with because I, I, I'm looking is. at that as both those guys are idiots. Tony Corrente and the NFL's targeting or a taunting rule is stupid. Corrente's stupid for hip checking him, and then Cassius Marsh made a dumb play also to put himself in that position. I think everything was I think wrong. Proximity with that. factors into the taunting, and taunting from 35 well, yards away is different than if I tackle this, this rule is and so I do soft. something. Roger soon. Goodell standing up, proclaiming sportsmanship uh, it, on a year where everything else is going on behind the scenes with this league. That's not sportsmanlike at all. At all. But they'll cover everything they possibly can to cover their tracks with this. And this is what they're going to harp on, is, is a, a player on the practice squad uh, who over the years, no, there's no telling what he's been asked to do during games because he's on and off rosters for the kamikaze aspect of what he does. 
and he comes on and makes a big play at a key moment. And the referee steps into him with his hip on the way off. And the, the highlight is, oh, he was, he was staring at someone. He wasn't, we don't even know if he said anything. We don't know what he, what, if he gestured anything. All we know is he did a spinning heel kick, which is totally fine in the league's eyes, but making contact with the official and prior to that, looking a certain way is penalized. Well, Again, it, it's, it's, it's so terrible on Corrente and the NFL's part. If someone's mic'd up in range of him, will we ever hear the audio? If it, if it backs up what Corrente's saying. Yeah, and if it doesn't, we won't. I hope we hear what Corinthe But also, to to if him. he's screaming something from there, what are the I odds wish, they can even hear you on I know the side? poll report, I think, like it's so many questions. I wish the follow-up would have been, it looks like you hip-checked him. Did you do that? Yeah, that's pretty because good Because that's the question I want to answer. Because if they rush you through that thing so fast. I, know, I wouldn't but, even give him that. I would say, why did you hip-check yeah. him? That's the one. Yeah, that's the I one that I want to answer. I wouldn't give him the option to answer yes or no. He did. Yeah, he why did to, you do that? He needs to be penalized. I mean, that that was that was Bush League. And if he is penalized, an we'll that. never know about it. Well, I mean, again, like they'll remove him and they'll put him. But I mean, I, more likely him we're talking about softness, and that's very soft. I'll go back to the end of the Jets Cincinnati game, where Cincinnati gets the worst targeting penalty I've ever seen. Yep, that extended a drive and won the game for the Jets. That I'm I'm watching. I'm thinking I don't even know how you. That's within the game of football. A guy is just going low trying to tackle someone. The running back gets lower. But, and he gets hit but in the that, targeting, and it's targeting. I'm thinking that ended the game on that, and that was a, the play within the confines of the game with a defensive player trying to make a. a there's a lot of at rules least that need with to be that rule. I can understand what the league is trying to accomplish. They're trying to get rid. Or, they're trying headshots. to. They're trying to get rid of headshots, and they're trying not to get uh, 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 sued for CTE down the road by current players. Because of the rules they have yeah, in there's place. There's no such mission with the taunting. Tell me what the taunting accomplishes. I, I, I honestly don't know unless they're going to come back and say there's some rash of fights no, I know what that break out because of taunting, which I don't they see. They think it trickles down to little kid football. See, and that's, and that's stupid that. to me. Well, If it's a practical uh, you know, reason, if like there's so many fights breaking out because Jalen Ramsey or someone taunts, then okay, we're, we're going to cut off the start of the fight, which is typically taunting. If that's the... I don't see a ton of fights and no. melees breaking out in the NFL because someone taunted. No. And, uh, but, so it's not a problem that needed to be addressed. Well, it was already, like, if you, you couldn't go, like, hump the side of a goalpost after, you know, there were certain things that you would be flagged for previous to this year. Keep it the way it was. No, no one was asking for this. The same way that no one was asking for all the holding calls that they changed in the middle of the season a couple of years ago. The same way that they focused and made an emphasis of leading with your head at the line of scrimmage. When's the last time that's been called? Never. Never. That was a point of emphasis one offseason. And all of a sudden, this is the point of emphasis because Goodell wants to say, oh, sportsmanship is how we're focused on and what we're focused on for 2021. Give me a break. It's crap. Give me a break. Last night was was the worst of the worst with that. You know, uh, some some guys in the circle that we follow on Twitter say, you know, you can't ruin football, but they keep trying to, to inject stuff in it that makes it, you know, at least an element of it unbearable. I don't I don't disagree with that. It was a great game last night. Out of a game that I don't know about you guys, I wasn't expecting much out of that game. It rose to the occasion. It was an entertaining football game. And what's the conversation coming out of it? <laughs> I mean, it, and it also goes back to what does the league really want? Because Sometimes I think it, they don't mind this. This is a game between two pretty average teams. 
to below that everybody's going to be talking about well, because they could have had controversy. a good conversation well, about a good game. They yeah, don't expect they had a good Justin game. Fields lead what would have been a game-winning drive had the their defense not been in the neutral zone on yeah. the next possession. And they still could have had a pretty good conversation about Justin Fields today. They they don't want it. All publicity is good publicity, unless you're John Gruden. <laughs> right. The new caveat. <laughs> by, by God, you will not. <laughs> that was the league's. That was the league stance on Gruden. Things continue Washington to go football well. Team, you guys, you continue your cabal. Don't look of, this way. Your cabal of sin. Hi. No problem. But John Gruden, by God, you will not. Things continue to go well in Las Vegas. I mean, I, I, oh that Arnett thing almost slipped under the rug with all they've had going on. <laughs> Did you see the video? We'll get to of it with the, John McClain later. I've oh, seen, yeah. I've, I've seen, the, seen the threats. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yes. Outkick 360, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience and the supplements uh, for vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione. Vitalifescience.com is the website. V-I-D-A-Lifescience.com. 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. Most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down if there's little left for your benefit. But here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I personally use vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, simple, single-use packets that you can grab and go with in the morning. Aurora supplements will also help you if you're a weekend warrior, if you take medication for high cholesterol, if you want the endless benefits uh, from curcumin. They can help you there. Aurora supplements are absorbed in the bloodstream through the GI tract, and that ensures that it's not wasted like a capsule or pill. VitaLifeScience.com, V-I-D-A, LifeScience.com for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. Glad you're with us. OutKick360 rolls on. Odell Beckham Jr. will be a free agent in a little over 30 minutes from now, reports are he wants to be in Green Bay. I mean, we're sure he's going unclaimed, you're saying? Unless he's claimed in the next 30 minutes. I mean, I don't see how anyone... I mean, the claiming happens. The announcement comes in if the minutes. If the idea that teams didn't make any, any moves at the trade deadline, not with him, but... All the, all the discussion was about oh, NFL trade deadline, NFL trade deadline. And I heard more talk about that deadline this year than I ever have, I yep. felt like. Nothing really Every happened. Year it grows now. A couple of deals happened, but nothing really happened. And, and the one big, big deal that happened. A couple of, yeah, and, and the Two Von Miller deal, Denver paid his salary for him to leave. Yeah, and so the three could, big deals happened before, right? Von Miller wasn't right up against the right. deadline. Ertz was early. Gilmore was way early. Right. And then there was nothing else. And the thought was, okay, there's not many deals right now because that shows that teams are up against the salary cap. They're, everybody's near the ceiling because it really dropped. The ceiling dropped this offseason with what happened last year, um, even though revenue was up team to team in 2020. Um, and I, if, 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 that's, if that's true, no one's claiming his $7 million salary. Well, they negotiated salary down is the thing. If he goes unclaimed, they negotiated his salary oh, okay. down. All right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If, if, if someone yeah, claims him, they claim his salary. <clears throat> and if he comes free, then he's not getting the termination pay. Cleveland right. did a nice job <clears throat> with how they manipulated him out of town. It'd be very interesting to see who's willing to take him on, right? Because we go through these things, Hut, where a troubled player winds up there. It's got to be the right kind of team. Otherwise, you're asking, you're, you're sending an M80 into your locker room, right? So you either are a messy locker room that doesn't care 
or your very strong locker room that's confident you can take him on. Well, it's not even that. I think it just it's not a locker room. It's a quarterback. I mean, Antonio Brown bounced around, and people thought he was mentally unstable. And maybe he was. But then yeah, he goes he to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden, he's, uh, he's the perfect citizen. Well, there was also, and I, you're not wrong. I mean, Tom Brady can do that with anybody. And Aaron Rodgers but there was too, too. There was a good period of time between Oakland, it was Oakland then, right. New England, and then he had legal trouble and accusations and stuff. He right. disappeared for a while. Then the dust settled. Then Tom Brady said, hey, this guy could really help us. And then he's, <laughs> and he's that, the magical guy. And, and, now the he's dust, <laughs> and the dust settled. Everything's fine. But how many teams could he have gone to like I that know, I know. for it not to have but, been explosive? So let's look around the league for Odell Beckham Jr. Seattle. Seattle. Is the name Seattle's that's cropping up a lot. Seattle's interesting. Um, and, and Pete Carroll is like, I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. He's like He's being very coy. type. Um, you think Seattle's strong enough in the quarterback department? Maybe to, to mesh well with him. There, there are reports out, and I believe it's Jordan Schultz, and I'm trying to pull this up so I can confirm it's him. But he's normally dead on with this stuff. Yeah, he's excellent. He, if it's not him, I apologize, and I'll confirm. Uh, it is Jordan Schultz. Odell Beckham Jr. is interested in joining the Packers if he clears waivers later today. That is per Jordan Schultz. Uh, used to be with Yahoo. I'm not sure what he's doing now. Um, the Pull Up Podcast is what he's doing now. Game plan. Um, if that's true, this is an opportunity for Green Bay to change the narrative that you're not doing anything offensively to help your quarterback. I mean, and you made the trade. You for, have Adams. You, you made the trade when when he came back with Houston. Yeah, with Randall Cobb to get him Randall Cobb, and this would is a obviously you know a much bigger talent than than Randall Cobb if he wants him, and you feel like you know I mean that locker room's a pretty good place and Rogers has to be the Brady in, in this scenario and make him, make him fit, make him work. Does he know him before this? You know, know, the thing is Brady knew Antonio Brown yeah. from a very short time together in New England, but he knew him. So, you know, you got to navigate all of this stuff. That would be something. I mean, it's if he's be, on the field ineffective. I just cross everyone off the list. That's not a Super Bowl contender. That's not realistically thinking we're going to go win a title because part of his whole He's thing be is, miserable. yeah, he wants to be on a team that's relevant and possibly going to win a Super Bowl. I hate that he gets, but the also control. be on a team where he's going to get targets. But I, I kind of agree with the premise that it's You'd more Detroit claim. It's yeah. more about quarterback. I hate that he gets to control that, that because he's a malcontent on a good team. He gets himself uh, released. And now he kind of gets to steer it, so he winds up on a good team. I yeah. say go suffer in hell. Go to Detroit. <laughs> well, but the thing was, he was on a contender. He was on Cleveland. Right. You had what you wanted, and you've, you manipulated yourself onto that team. Go suffer And you in made hell. it work. Go suffer in hell. <laughs> I you don't go, mean it as badly as it you sounds. Go, you go straight to hell. By hell, I mean Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. Detroit. I mean, you went to hell, what was hell in Cleveland, and you could have helped solve it while they were solving it. An unsolvable place, I, and you couldn't help solve it while they solved it without you, while you were in the middle of it. I also think it's hilarious when fans of certain teams decide that, you know, they they hype up the culture of their team and their locker room and boy, the culture here is great and the head coach is strong and quarterback is strong. These guys head get along. Strong. So you don't want to bring in this guy who's going to destroy the locker room. And I'm thinking how great is your locker room if one guy is going to come in and destroy it? It would be the locker room destroying that guy. Not the other way around. Right, you're, you're right. And if your locker room is that strong, 
Odell Beckham Jr., it has worked at times. It hasn't been all bad. So if your locker room and your culture is that strong, your coach and your quarterback, you'll probably be fine in the short term. I get what you're saying, but we have seen good locker rooms start to turn. You know, if you throw the right thing in there that creates the right crack and this guy's in there all of a sudden whispering at your wide receiver who's been content not getting a lot of uh, touches saying, man, you need – really have to get your touches, man. Why aren't you complaining? Yeah, I, I think that it destroys. To go I, south. I, don't, I mean, I, I can't think of a lot of examples of that, Paul. Like truly strong locker rooms. Randy Moss didn't affect the Patriots locker room when he went there. Hutton brought up Antonio Brown, did nothing for that Tom Brady-led Bucks locker room. I, I, I think there's more examples of guys who were previous yeah, malcontents that are talented to come in and get along and, and do the right things. Because that's the culture of the but locker Antonio room. But Antonio Brown created chaos in the Oakland locker room when they were trying to, okay. to formulate Oakland. But it was a new regime. It was I mean, John I'm, Gruden. I'm they, were, elite, they were at the start of I'm a looking at so. elite cultures and locker rooms here I'm talking about. I'm not talking about any time of Oakland in the last 20 years. So, yeah, of course he's going to cause chaos in Oakland. But those guys typically, if they go to the right... That's why I think there's so few places that make perfect sense. I'll give you an example, not that they really need receiver help, but is Dak Prescott in Dallas a spot where Odell be, Beckham Jr. Would, be would get along? That would be a great spot for him, but it, you're, they have too many options at receiver. Yeah, yeah. that's not a place that's receiver needy, but I'm trying to think of the right head coach, locker room, quarterback, winning possibility scenario. Well, I mean, let's take out their lack of need for a receiver. Could Mike McCarthy handle him there? I don't think for a second Mike McCarthy would know how to handle uh, uh, an M80 in the locker room. No. Well, Dak Prescott might, but I think you need both. I think you need, a, you're right, quarterback first, but head coach also. And again, I'll go back to your, our collective experience watching Hard Knocks. Mike McCarthy doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to adjust to a difficult situation on the fly and have the recipe for it. So I, if I was Dallas and I needed a wide receiver, I'd be scared of what, I mean, what it comes down to is, do, is your quarterback someone that the alpha wide receiver defers to? And if he is, then there's no issues whatsoever with adding a guy like him. And yeah, I think defers to or, you know, creates that give and take with. Uh, you sent us a video of, uh, of Steve Smith, right, on NFL Network yep. going off on, uh, on Baker Mayfield. Um, he didn't come up with that on his own. Of course not. And so th- that's going back to the alpha quarterback mantra that you've got to find the alpha quarterback that can out-alpha the alpha receiver for it to work. Clearly, there's a lot of there's people around the league who thinks Baker Mayfield's not very good, and that's a problem. That's Odell Beckham Jr.'s problem with him. He thinks the quarterback's the issue, and that's, that's going to be the issue with certain receivers with him because I don't think Steve Smith's coming up with that on his own. Well, but the, the difference is with Cleveland compared to, let's just use Green Bay as the example, Cleveland's built on the run. That's not the case in Green Bay. Yeah. So, so you're not supplementary in and Green it, Bay. They were built on the run in Cleveland, and it actually helped them when Odell Beckham got hurt, not because you lost your talent, but because you were able to be more balanced. And they actually improved because Nick Chubb and that run game got going more often than not. And then they still distributed the football with Baker Mayfield playing within his style and his rhythm. They weren't force feeding Odell Beckham Jr. I buy into that. Yeah, I think I think Green Bay is the best scenario. The media manipulation. The media manipulation is pretty spectacular on this. You bring up the Steve Smith, Booger McFarlane, 
LSU guy, says uh, Odell's one of the best 10 receivers in football still last night. Now, that's a big stretch right now with the quality of receivers that's going on, having seen him done nothing lately. I mean, you got to see him play a little bit before you can put him back in the pantheon. Well, Michael Thomas is among the 10 best receivers in football. We haven't seen him play in a year. I need to see him play a little bit. His ankle's really messed up, and he made a really stupid, selfish decision. I, I, you know, but also Michael Thomas has done more more lately than Odell Beckham. Talent-wise, though, I mean, there's no questioning Odell Beckham Jr. at his best, what he can bring to you. But how long has it been since we've seen his best? My guess is you pair him with the right quarterback, and you'll see it again. Didn't he go crazy in Dallas last year? Yes. I seem to recall a game where he was unstoppable just last season. But what I'm saying on the media front is there's there's seems to be oh, modem from oh, Steve no, Smith. No, there's no modem no, from Booger right. McFarland. Those aren't straight up assessments, which is what I want from former players who are far enough removed from the league that they don't have to scratch the backs of their former well, teammates. And these guys are doing PR for the guy. Well, they're doing PR, but uh, Steve Smith's taking this step further. I mean, he, he's, he's doing more than PR. Yeah, he's doing PR for the guy and slamming right. other people right. to help him look good. It's making it's them look bad. not a good look, but because of his talent, he will be rewarded for all this. He's not going to be compensated the same way. He's not going to make $7 million over the course of the final. Well, that's why eight, he needs to go produce, weeks. right? To get himself in line for another contract. He needs to produce and he needs to be quality citizen number one. Because if he goes and causes some havoc, even if he's producing, that market's tamped down. And this is part of it, guys. Every year now, we're never going to hear again, boy, this is a bad year for for receivers in the draft. I just don't think it ever happens again, right? And so if you're saying, well, we could get Odell Beckham, or, you know, we could use our first rounder on a receiver, there's a pretty damn good crop out there. But if you're the Packers and you're trying to win a Super Bowl right now, your first round receiver next year doesn't help you. So it's got to be that type of team. I don't know. If you get Chase, your first round receiver helps you. This year, you can't draft a receiver I mean, oh, right now. For if the rest of the saying, you got to do it. If it's, no, it's all well, about this year for someone like Green Bay. Well, there is no big picture right now with Green Bay. Their big picture is Jordan Love. Their big picture right now Who is, terrible. is tra- yeah, they, want it, they want him to be, they want it to be Aaron Rodgers. So how do you do that? I, I said, well, you, you, at the trade deadline, you could ship Jordan Love out of there. That would send one message. Another message would be you continue to add weapons when you have the opportunity to add weapons to your roster to help you, right? Let's, um, Adrian Peterson with the Titans was available. That immediately helped them. You, you, you're able to sustain something in the run game, at least based on the, the player we know Adrian Peterson to be. Odell Beckham's more talented right now and adds more to the Packers than what Adrian Peterson oh, will add yeah. to the Titans. Adrian Peterson's my, only around because of the big injury. My, yeah, right. My, my point is he's available now, and reports are he, he's picking you. Uh, my guess is Aaron Rodgers won't mind that if the big beef has been that the, the whole focus has been on the defense. I wonder, though, uh, I'm just being devil's advocate here. The, the Rodgers thing has been difficult both ways. They had a difficult relationship. They came to a place they said, hey, let's get through this mm-hmm. year and we'll see. And now with this new drama that maybe illustrates some of the complications of you know the difficult guy quote or what was it? Uh, I can't remember exactly what what they quoted Ted Thompson as as calling him, but it was something like that difficult guy or whatever. That maybe you know it was adding up to to one more year, and maybe maybe Green Bay's going to wind up being okay with that, not because of what Jordan Love just showed them, 
but just because they've reached the, the end of it and they're ready to Well, they to better be okay with completely next. rebuilding. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's where you wind I mean, up. That's, that's yeah, where you that's, wind up. I mean, I, I think the whole thing with Rodgers, what does he want? Don't don't tell me, show me. It's not about talk. Hey, they started to show him by allowing him to break the league's COVID protocols as he wanted to do. They just said nothing about that. He, he did it. Go bring him weapons. This would be a step in. I mean, if you're well, Aaron Rodgers, well with what he has, who I, I mean, think you know can also be a very—he's a very reasonable guy when it comes to things like that. Well, you did that. That's good. That's a step in the right direction. If this is something I wanted, and here's also what Aaron Rodgers wants: just go ask him. Hey, do you want OBJ? All right, we're going to try to make it happen. That's what. That's what. That's he what wants. he wanted with Jordan yeah. Love. He, hey, give me a heads up. I wasn't going to necessarily veto it. I would just like to know what's going on. If this is your thought process going into it. So well, it's I'm not, not an unreasonable thing. Do, do you do you want? And this I, I would I would guess that there are more teams than just the Packers on his short list. It will be a short list. Packers, but Seattle, and Seattle's not Packers, really in it right uh, now. Seattle, they're on the outside looking in. Um, the, the Saints would be in the market for him, although the Saints don't have that type of quarterback. Yeah, I'm Saints, uh, 49ers, same way. 49ers are in desperate need of a player like Odell Beckham Jr. They're out. You know, they're 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 done. Packers in Seattle, th- those two make the most sense. And Seattle's, Based on where they are in the quarterback. And, and Seattle's got some ground to gain. I mean, he'd have to show up and help them claw back in it with Russell Wilson healthy now. Man, that didn't last long, did it? It didn't feel like it's been four or five weeks. It went fast. But uh, yeah, He's cleared to play. He's Geno, back at practice. Geno Smith isn't the guy I'd sign up for for, for my fill-in guy. I mean, no. I know there aren't a lot of You mean of to tell them. me Geno Smith's not the alpha that, would, that OBJ would respond to the, the right way? Shocking. Coming, I want to play with Gino. Coming up, who wants to play with Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators? I mean, are they are they about where are we about well, to South see the Carolina breakup? Does. Are they about to break up in, in Gainesville? Or the question I want to ponder is are are both of them willing to break up, but the problem that they are having is they can't find someone better. Either option can't find someone better. That's next on Outkick 360. We should point out there are reportedly nine teams across the NFL that would have enough cap space currently to claim Odell Beckham Jr.'s current salary, which is a, you know around $8 million. Those teams are usually the worst teams. Seahawks are among those teams, though. Yeah, well, they're exceptions so to the rule. Key, yeah, yeah. I'm um, sure Detroit is probably amongst those teams as well. No, so here are the teams. Jags, Eagles. Jags have $27 million of cap space, by far the, the most. Eagles... Broncos, Seahawks, Panthers, Chargers, Steelers, Washington, and Cincinnati. Well, actually, better teams than you would usually expect. That That's a surprising list. I'll kick 360 rolls on. Um, Dan Mullen. I mean, the way he handled the press conference last week told me that he's feeling the heat. The one press conference. Yeah, and, and, I, and looking at their upcoming schedule... He, They've already played Georgia. You know, they've their best their best moment of the season was a loss to Alabama. Um, they've already played Tennessee. You start looking ahead and you think, well, they've lost, they already lost to Kentucky. What's he worried about? He's worried about his job. And you start pulling the numbers and you think, well, I can I can see why. They were eight and one last season. Right before they played LSU. 
And there was that shoe toss, the infamous shoe toss game. They're four and eight since then. Pivot and, moment. I mean, that's a fireable record at Florida. It it feels like the firing of Todd Grantham and the offensive line coach is the shield for Mullen to keep his job. But they're four and five. I know. And I mean, they there's there's a scenario where they're not bowl eligible. They're going to beat Samford, you would think, this week, who's not an FBS team, but at Missouri. I mean, the way they just played at South Carolina, who knows? Of course they should beat Missouri. They're below 500 for the first time since Mullen's been the head coach. And then here's, here's the one that will really get the, that fan base fired up. Florida State at home to end the season. With and Florida State's having a bad season. Right. But Florida State has gotten better. After that 0-4 start, they've gotten a lot better. And Florida's, that makes their season the Florida's win. had in the opposite Florida. direction. Florida started fine and then has gone downhill. Florida State was 0-4, awful to start the season, and has gotten better and better each week. It seems like the guys who are left playing for Mike Norvell want to be there right now for Florida State. I don't see that sense of wanting to be there under Dan Mullen right now at Florida. They have turned the football over eight times in their three consecutive losses. Three of those eight have been returned for touchdowns. And they rank among the 130 FBS schools in turnovers. They rank 116th. I mean, they are terrible, terrible at protecting the football. And if you look at their offensive numbers, they have 14 touchdown passes to 11 interceptions combined. At Florida, they have 14 touchdown passes. Think about what Hinton Hooker's done in half a season as the yeah. starter. They've given up a defensive score three games in a row. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's not acceptable except for the fact that I'm not sure either side can do better than where they are currently. I'm not sure Florida can get a better head coach than Dan Mullen, and I'm not sure Dan Mullen can just jump to the next spot and upgrade from Florida. I think both sides want out. That's the appearance of this, just outside 30,000-foot view. But both sides acknowledge that we really don't have the next spot line, the next person or next spot lined up for it to be an upgrade. It's a really sharp point by you, and it says a lot about the state of both of them because Florida typically would be an unbelievable job, and we can't really find anybody. And Dan Mullen, when he took that job, was the hottest guy oh, yeah. in coaching. And when we well, sat down with him a couple of years he ago, he wasn't the Opryland, hottest guy in coaching. Well, he's one of the hottest guys. They got turned down twice. Okay. But now keep this in mind. This is what's interesting about all this. All right. Florida got turned down twice before they got to Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen slow played Tennessee right. and John Curry. He would have taken the Tennessee job right. if one of these two guys took the Florida job and, and Florida didn't get to him. Chip Kelly who is not winning at UCLA. Yeah, which turned they, out to be... They've fallen off they even after just the good start. They with him. And Scott Frost. Those are the two guys offered the job. And Scott Frost, they're having to make an announcement at his alma mater about him firing his entire so offensive staff. So they didn't miss out. Like, they, they well, probably would have come out though? the those, same. Those, those three guys, them. you would have said, home yeah. run, home run, home run. You're right. Especially Mullen single, coming single, back single. home. So let me give you guys one practical replacement for Dan Mullen, possibly, and one insane replacement for Dan Mullen. Give me your thoughts on both. The practical one, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. Dave Clawson has shocked me with what he's done at Wake Forest in the ACC. He was really good at Bowling Green, too. 
mean, he did this. He was bad at Tennessee as offensive coordinator. That's what Tennessee people remember, remember him as. But Me too. Everywhere else he's been, he's been good. There's no and that glitch was one year. to it, though. Keep in mind, that was one year. I'm, I'm clouded by was the claw offense. Yeah. yeah that was one year, though. He's been really good everywhere else. But Florida people that's aren't going to be fired up. That's by not that. a sex. Well, you know, Jim McElwain wasn't a sexy right. hire either. Well, and that didn't work didn't out go. either. So Sharks thought so. That's my, <laughs> Yes. Very sexy. Your crazy one's going to be Urban Meyer. Him and the sh- yeah, both ways. Your crazy one's going to be Urban Meyer. <laughs> no. John Gruden. Oh. <laughs> well, see, that, that... That is a Florida... That is a... Resident. Woo. Yeah. That is his home. His wife cheered in the same conference. <laughs> That's not a... Somebody saw him at a gas station in Florida one you time. You want to make a splash? Screw some emails from 10 years ago. Let's bring in the superstar. Yeah, I mean, that would... You think John Gruden's name would sell on the recruiting trail? Yes. yes. Yep. You think Florida... That state, that fan base would open their arms for John Gruden? I'll I think this. yes. I thought Dan Mullen's name would sell the recruiting trail to Florida. They're currently seventh for the class of 2022. They are seventh, not in the nation. They are seventh in the SEC That's in recruiting at Florida. That's the issue, and that is ultimately why Dan Mullen is feeling the heat, despite who they have on their schedule. More coming with Outkick 360. John McClain next.